This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Well, welcome and uh, it's lovely to have you. This is the DL Link show on 101.9 High FM. I'm really, really looking forward to spending the next hour with you. Of course, the DL Link show is where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. And the DL Link is a brilliant, brilliant organization, which was founded by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsula in 2010. And they provide this nurturing safe space where patients who are faced with cancer, as well as their families, can turn to for support. So they're like the link to the social and emotional and psychological and medical support so we have such a phenomenal guest um, who is on the show with us today. You know, I've been on radio for many years and I've interviewed the most extraordinary people. And I've interviewed this man and I'm not sure if he remembers. A couple of times I see his mind working. Do I remember? A couple of times a telephonic interview, but never ever before. Have I had a face-to-face interview? And, you know, I, yes, I may be a radio talk show host, but I'm a fan. I mean, I am a groupie. So for me to be sitting opposite Johnny Clegg, this is a career highlight, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome onto the show. Thanks very like, much. Like, this, this is it. I've, I've climbed Everest. <laughs> Where to from here? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Where to from here? So, Johnny, forgive me, but I just, a, a little bit, because, I mean, everyone knows so much about you, but... In the 40 years that you've been in this career, you've recorded over 24 albums, and I've just recently found out 25 albums. Uh, yeah. Well, some of, the, some of those albums were, um, uh, uh, I, I'd say, I've, uh, full recordings, about 18. And then, and then uh, these, the other albums were collections and, uh, and uh, versions, um, dance mixes, um, uh, extended versions of Stuff that I had, that I had, but they turned out to be different to the original. So that, you know, my uh, my publicist says, no, no, these are like twenty-four. Yeah. I think it's good to stick so, with twenty-four. Uh, yeah, so I, I have a new I have a new album out. Um, uh, it it happened by complete chance. Uh, I was asked by my management in France to do uh, a pitch for a movie, um, a French movie, which mm-hmm. uh, the director was a huge Johnny Clegg fan. And he didn't want any uh, classical, um, modern um, movie music. He wanted organic music. He right. wanted um, something that was really going to be different. It's a, it's an environmental animated movie about the, um, the, the the Pacific vortex, all the plastic that's in the ocean. Oh yes, and and what it does to the fish life and to the oceans, mm. uh, which is now becoming a, a massive environmental issue. Uh, I see Sky News uh, has got a whole you know cleaning up the beaches and all over the world in India. You know there are these these massive um, uh, public and social efforts to try and get plastic out of the ocean. Um, it affects the fish we eat. Uh, and uh, it kills many, many, many other kinds of fishes. So, and and basically, they sent me um, a twenty-page script, and they said, "Okay, we want to hear what Zulu guitar sounds like, Zulu concertina, mouth bow, some um, uh, choir music, um, bira music, all the stuff that you can do. Send us like." 30 seconds of this, 30 seconds of this, 30 seconds. So I, I put them, I, I put these things out and I, I thought to myself, 
you know what? I'm just gonna make. I'm gonna make a song out of them all. One song, two minutes long, and that's it. That's it. They'll be able to hear everything in there, uh, all the chants, all the all the various things that I can do. And uh, so I did the song, and um, the, uh, the 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 project kind of stalled, and I didn't hear anything from them. And um, I got excited by writing again because I hadn't been in the studio for ten years. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, you know, I've, I've, my last album was in twenty ten. Wow. Uh, seven years, sorry, seven years. So I started taking those fragments and developing them into into songs. Uh, and uh, my son Jesse uh, came in um, and my management said to me, what on earth are you doing this for? You have a repertoire of music. People don't want to hear the new music. They want to hear all your hits, you know, all your old music they want to hear. So, <laughs> you know, this is – so I said, no, but I, I, I have – you know, I'm being – I'm excited you know, for a long time, I've never been excited by writing any more music. Creative, I thought, you know, the juices are rushing. Yeah, they're rushing. Yeah. So I want to. I want to. So I did it, and uh, we, we, you know, we we came up with a completely new thing, and I'm really excited about it. And we probably get it out next week sometime. Uh, and I wrote a song with with my son, which was a great gift, and um, it turned out to be a, a, a very, very, for me, a very personal moment uh, with him. Uh, uh, you know, Johnny, I just want to say, because on the 12th of August, I went to your final performance uh, at Monte Cassino, yes. the final farewell, the autobiographical world yes, tour. Yes, It was, it was just magnificent. Thank and you know, you. when Jesse came on and you both sang that song, because yes. I actually interviewed Jesse as well. Okay. He came into the studio years yes. ago and he yes. played a song and I asked him mm. about you yes. as one word, of course. Right. And he was talking about growing up, you know. In airports and hotels, yes. yeah. and yeah. welcome to my world, <laughs> the impact and the experience, <laughs> yeah. and 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 you know, I said, you know, will you ever be performing with your dad? And he said, no, 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 you don't. You know, you we want to. It's agreement. very important. Yes, tell yeah. us about the agreement. Well, the agreement was, you know, uh, Jesse grew up in, you know, in a, in a, in a, 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 you know, you can say a celebrity household because. Uh, Everywhere I would go with him as a young, young seven or eight year old, you know, he could see that I had this, I had this public persona. If we were walking, you know, in a shopping mall, people would come up to me and, and they would, and, and he would see that. It must be his, confusing for you know, a child. His dad belonged to other people to other as people. well. Mm. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, if you, if you read about celebrity children, you know, in Hollywood, in the Hollywood Reporter or People magazine, kids growing up have a very, a very, uh, you know, your parents are yours. Your mm. parents are, belong to you. Yeah. Um, and what, what actually happened was he, he, he I remember this moment. I, I took him to see uh, one of his friends had a, a birthday, you know, and all the class went to this this kid's house on Saturday, and it was ten o'clock in the morning, and we dropped him off. And the the mother of the birthday boy came up to Jesse as we walked in, said, "Hello, uh, and who are you, and what's your name?" And he said, "I'm Jesse Clegg, and I don't speak Zulu." Oh, now that was uh, my heart broke mm. because I could see mm. that he had pressure on him. Uh, from my life and from who I was. And obviously at school, you know, uh, they might have made him, you know, try to say, well, do some Zulu dancing or speak Zulu or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and when he decided to get involved in, in music, uh, he was very secretive uh, uh, about it. 
you know, I never really knew what was going on until when he was 17, he presented me with three demos. And he said, Dad, I've, you know, it was like, Dad. How, what was I? it like listening to these demos and you had no idea? I never listened to them. Didn't you? I, no, no, no. So okay. When he was 15, he said, Dad, can I get guitar lessons? I said, sure. And then um, he started getting guitar. And every, every, every Friday, whatever it is, this guy would come around and teach him guitar. And then I, one day I heard them playing lead lead guitar and I went in and I said you know Jess I, I want you to learn songwriting I, the guitar is a tool to make an invisible thing a song lead guitar any lead instrument can only operate uh, in if, if it's got a context a song so the songwriter doesn't have to be there and, and the lead guitarist can put a lead line down but you can't play lead, lead guitar on your own mm. you know it, it's, it doesn't make sense yeah. it has to have the song as, mm. as, as the context so be the songwriter, and and you can make a living from it as a songwriter. So uh, he, he started, and then I said, you know, take ten of your favorite songs and 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 look at them and and try and work out what it is that gives you that feeling when you hear it. Why why does that song do that to you? Why why are those chords so evocative? And and you know, analyze why you like your song. Um, don't confront it as some kind of magical entity outside that just grabs you and makes you feel the stuff. Yeah. Look at it. Undo it. Is it the key change? Is it the movement from major to minor? Is it is it the rhythm? Is it the bass line? Is it, that's driving it and pumping it? Is it is it the rhythm track? Is it is it is it a, the, the, uh, a counter melody? What you know? What what is it? You must be curious about that mm. because somebody has created something and it's going straight through every single God that you have, your emotional, intellectual, psychological, you know, it's getting straight to your heart. I mean, that's a magical thing. Anybody who can do that is a magician. So that's the magic of music. Be a composer. Anyway, so he, he carried on and, and, and eventually uh, he presented me. He said, look, I've got these three three demos. I said, okay, I'll phone Vernie and I said, who's my sound engineer. I said, Vernie, Jesse's got some demos. Please help him out. The next day, Vernie phoned me and he said, have you heard these demos? I said, no. He said, are you a songwriter on the, on this on this stuff? Oh, said, he was asking you if you were the songwriter. Song, yeah, you, oh, wow. am I collaborating uh -huh, with him? Uh -huh. So I said, no. He said, he said dude, these are, these are amazing songs. Oh, wow. So I, said, I, so I was a bit taken aback. Uh, Why? Because said, you didn't expect? I didn't expect it. Okay. And And... I just thought he was getting this out of his system, you know, and that he was, he was you know, he, he, he was going to be a lawyer. He was, he, he, you know, he was, he was, we, you know, he, and he did BA law and he did English honors and, you know, he was, he's, he's, he's a very, um, you know, he's got a lot of academic track. I just wanted him to have something, you know, that, that he could lean on uh, if, in other times and mm -hmm. tough times. So, uh, he, he, one of those songs was his first hit. Uh, one of those demos. One of those demos. That's unreal. Unreal. That so, is unreal. Wow. Uh, he sold, I don't know, 30, 37,000 units of it and uh, got a gold record and started on his road. And he said to me, Dad, I want you to understand something. The Clegg name is a blessing and a curse. Uh, you know, I, I, people, when they see me, they expect something. They don't even know what they expect. Mm. They don't even know. Mm. And I'm, I, I'm in that shadow and I don't want to perform with you. I want to be left alone to carve my own road. 
I, I found my voice. I found what I want to do. I know what I want to do. And I just want to be left alone to do it. And um, I will never sing with you on stage. And I will never, you know, and if by chance we get booked to do the same gig on a music festival, uh, you know, we must make sure that we are, you're in another tent and I'm in she that tent. Was. And, no, no, because, you know, <laughs> really, I, said, I said, were I your said, feelings hurt? No, no, no. no I you completely understand that he needed, you know, in, in, in the context of a famous parent. The children have that pressure, and even my younger son, uh, Yaron, Jaron, he 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 went into film, and and he wanted to do something completely different, you know. Uh, so uh, they both the the thing as a parent, uh, talking as a parent, I think the hardest thing to do for a child is is to teach them self motivation. Yes. You know, f- for them to find that place where mm. they can motivate themselves in what they want to do, mm. because it's always through the tough times that that comes into play and they can survive. And you know, um, how do you do it, John? I have no idea, but I I, I do know that there's a, a, a I I had a very strong work ethic. Um, I have a strong work work ethic. Uh, I've always, you know. Um, uh, and they used to say to me, you know, uh, remember dad used to say, do your job. If you finish, finish this piece, finish it. If you start it, finish it. doesn't matter if it looks ugly and it doesn't work and it's still just finish what you start. And I, it was like every day, you know, whatever they did, I'd say, I'm happy that you finished it. I'm happy that you started, you went through and the middle finished. and you went to the end and you did that little journey and you came to a conclusion. That's fine by me. I think that's wonderful. I mm. think I think that is wonderful. Whether the product is wonderful or not, you know what? The world will tell you. Mm. Uh, and being it. an artist mm. is putting yourself at risk. Yeah. And that's a tough thing because you are saying, here's my special thing I made. Judge me. Mm. And if you can't stand rejection, don't go down that road. Mm. So – this is, you know, so they 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 didn't have a silver spoon, or they didn't have a. a both oh, but of they them. had so much wisdom and experience. Yeah, but and I was. Oh, I'm, Johnny, so I'm much. I'm interested in, you know, I'm interested in the world. I'm I'm curious about human behavior and mm. people and motivation mm. and those kinds of things. And I read book <laughs> one day. Jesse found a book. I think it was eleven, and it was a parenting book. And he said to me, "Are you reading this book?" And I said, I said, yeah. What the one said, are you are you are you learning how to be a dad? I said, yeah. Well, I you know I I never really had a dad. You know, I had a dad from when I was seven. He was my stepfather until I was fourteen. But I never knew my dad. And yeah, you know, I just want to know what to expect. And I didn't know, so I bought the book. And I said, he says, but you but you're an okay dad. He said, oh. Why would you want to read up about being oh. a dad? You know. So um, it it was uh, he was he was just he was just. Uh, Struck, you know that that mm. I would, I would be in, insecure in 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 my, my role as father. As father. And uh, I do have a, uh, you know, it is a, a major feature in my uh, symbolic universe. I would say, uh, you know, I had to find my father when I was twenty-one. I went to find him. I didn't know who he was. Oh, we're going to have to take a break. I have to come back to this one, Tony. Okay. So stay, stay with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. 
Welcome back. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. Nikki Seberini with you, and I have the amazing, the talented, the inspirational. I don't know. I've run out of adjectives, and you've heard you them all, John. You've heard adjectives. them all. Thank you so it much. It comes from the heart, but the words just don't flow. What can I say? It's just overwhelming. Thanks, Nikki. And, and, and just before the break, we were talking about your relationship with Jesse. You were talking about being a father, yeah. passing on wisdom. Um, I want to come back to you, Jesse, because we, we were talking about how you had decided you weren't going to perform together, and you did. I mean, I witnessed it firsthand. That's it was extraordinary. Time. But, yes, but, yeah. but, but, before we do, you said at the age of 21, you went to find your father. I mean, when I, I was reading up, I mean, you, you were born in the UK. That's right. Your mother um, was a was an immigrant yes. from Poland. Her family from Poland, or no, was it my from mom, my mom, my, my my grandparents were from Russia. They were white Russians, yes. and during the nineteen seventeen revolution, they fled. They fled. Uh, 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 my to Zimbabwe, Rhodesia. Uh, well, not directly. Uh, one fled to New York, and then to South Africa, and then the other fled to South Africa, and then they both landed up in Zimbabwe, sure. and then they had my mom and my aunt. Uh, as their children and then my mom when she was about 21, 22 she fell in love with a a British airman who had come yes, out yes he was the, with the Royal, was Air, Royal Force. Air Force yes. he'd come out to Zimbabwe to train up um, p- p- uh, pilots there so where did the blue eyes come from John? from, 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 your, from your dad yeah, my okay. dad yeah and, and and he was not Jewish uh, and, and my grandfather was, was very upset about this so uh, my mom fell pregnant, which was also a huge shock and horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were forced to get married. And my my grandfather and, and my dad's father, my two grandfathers, had a war uh, because um, uh, Dennis, my, my, my biological father, um, his dad said that my mom had trapped him into marriage sure. by falling pregnant sure. and it was just a whole, it was a mess ugly ugly and within 6 months the marriage was annulled mm. uh but i was uh i got my bris in england uh by the 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 the, the, the head rabbi of uh, of manchester i was born in rochdale outside manchester yes. and um my grandfather just um he he insisted that you know i have a bris there and uh and then they took me back to zimbabwe so uh, you spent a bit of a time in Israel, though. Short no, period of very time. short. No? I, okay. was, I was one year old, about two, three, three months or whatever, um, and then um, I, I was the only male heir. Uh, my my aunt had three girls, and so uh, my grandfather was very doting on me. And uh, but he passed away when I was three. Mm-hmm. I grew up on his farm mm-hmm. in in Gwelo in Zimbabwe, yeah. and then. Um, just to get back to the to the fathers, Father. what happened was um, the uh, the uh, the two grandfathers came to an agreement, and it was that about the children, about the, about the, yeah, but, yeah. But one of the issues was that Dennis should never interfere with me, my dad, uh, and um, sure, and uh, should never contact uh, me because. Uh, uh, you know, he, my grandfather wanted me to be brought up as a as a Jew, and uh, Dennis was a Protestant. And uh, you know, and, and look, my mom, my mom was a very, very bright, and very, very um, well-read uh, person. She 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 disliked the 
the shtetl mentality. Mm-hmm. She hated it. Mm-hmm. She she grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother came. You know, she couldn't read or write, and she had a very. She was like a, just a Russian peasant, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a tough lady. And and my mom had a. Had an issue with that, and and she loved England, and she loved the British, and she, you know, it was a colonial thing, and she read all the poetry, and she was she was mad about poetry. So, what she loved about Dennis was that he was just absolutely brilliant, you know, in 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 verse. Uh, and if you couldn't talk about poetry when you took her out for the first date, you were finished. You had, <laughs> you had no chance. And, of okay. course, my grandparents were constantly trying to hook her up with, you know, rich or, 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 or emerging. Tiny. Yeah, you know, emerging, uh, you know, businessmen and people. And she just, you know, and, and so she just she just went went her own way, got, became a jazz singer. And, um, you know, uh, she led a very, very independent life she was she was a she was a proto feminist uh, and she passed that on to to Diane my sister mm. uh, um, you know she she didn't like uh, the, the the orthodox position of woman in in traditional any any traditional society and wow. she in the end uh, became a, a, a zen buddhist you know she was a, a zen the, buddhist the, yeah mm. the jew inside the lotus <laughs> <laughs> so your mom so sounds incredible, Johnny. She was Johnny. an incredible lady. She, she passed was. away this year in January. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. At 80, 80, 87 or 88. Anyway, so the agreement was that my dad would never interfere in my life. So when I was – I just didn't know where the hell he was and then I, and I had a stepfather. What were you told, Johnny? What were you uh, told? I was never told anything. Not, you didn't uh, ask? Uh, yeah, I said, no, he's in England. Uh, and then well, where, why doesn't he try to get me? Because he doesn't know where we are. Uh, that was that was. Oh, that's the confusing. Anyway, so I, I I chipped away. My stepfather was also an incredible guy. Uh, he was a, a, a disciplinarian. Um, he was um, Afrikaans English, and um, also a, a genius IQ. Mm. Uh, that's what attracted my mom. Uh, also. Poet, a writer, journalist, uh, you know, um, crime reporter initially, then, mm. a, then a, a, um, a regular reporter, and then uh, a, a correspondent for United Press International, and went all over Africa and doing you know, all sorts of uh, investigations. So he and he was also somebody who, who took me into the townships when I was uh, eight, nine, and ten. Hmm. Uh, Soweto and Alexandra Township. He, he was, you know, he was doing stuff on the Somi gangs and the, the Americans and the Russians and and the bus boycotts and all the stuff that was happening at the time. You know, he was. So I, I was exposed. And you were to exposed. That. Yeah. So. And your mom was fine with that. She was. Oh yeah. yeah I no mean, I, I had the most extraordinary. You know, listened to the most extraordinary conversations at dinner about South Africa Gee. and about what was going on. But when I was 21, I decided, you know, I've got to go and find this chap. And um, I, through a whole set of procedures and processes, I, I, found, I discovered and I, I wrote to him. And uh, I went, I, I took a six-week, my six-week December holiday as a student, I went to, to England. And I spent two weeks with him. Um, he met me at Heathrow and he was living where I was born, uh, in, in Rochdale. Hmm. And then I discovered that my grandfather was the mayor of Rochdale. The mayor. And the mayor, yeah. And and that, you know, we had quite a, a pedigree uh, in that area. Uh, and um, the word, the, the name Clegg is like Smith or Brown up there. It's in Lancashire. It's, it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
you know, uh, it, it was a hard, it was a difficult thing, and we slowly started to build up a relationship. And uh, when I did well um, later with Savuka, um, you know, I had enough money to fly him out, and every, every he would come out with his, uh, his new wife. Uh, he never had any other children. I was his only offspring, mm. uh, and uh, and I got a different uh, a different complexion on what happened uh, from my mom's version. So well, there are three sons. <laughs> there are always three, always sons. three yeah, sons. Yeah, exactly. So, and your grandfather when you came onto the scene, my grandfather, the mayor. Uh, no, no, they they were all, they were all um, he had passed on. He had passed uh, both on. both okay. both both of them had passed on. Um, so I met my I met my grandmother and uh, she was really old and and I mean they were they were they were hardworking middle class English lower middle class English tradition you know um, hardworking uh, educated they spoke well they they had good vocabulary and they you know they come from the pub culture which is you know it's so cold there there's no people go to pubs and they talk. You know, mm. and they they were great, great senses of humor. Mm. You know, really, mm. it was a quite a an, an interesting cultural difference between you know the South African English and and, and the place that I came from. Uh, and and uh, we slowly started to to uh, connect. And did he understand your world? He he said to me, you know. The wonderful thing about this whole saga is that if you had stayed in England, you would have become an accountant or something. Mm. And here you are, you know, you, you're you're a, uh, an anthropologist on this amazing journey, a white Zulu, and you 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 doing this, and you you you're gaining international recognition for your work and all of this. You know, it's it would never have happened. Had you grown up in England? Well, that's such an interesting statement. It's an I'm incredible. sure that got you. I mean, do, yeah, you, do yeah. you think there's truth in that? There I mean, just think that. about yeah. that. And he said, you know, everything comes out of adversity. You know, if you, you know, all the challenges that you faced and you've overcome, they've made you a better person, you know. Mm. Um, my first wife, uh, who also wasn't Jewish, uh, was, a, was a clinical psychologist. And we used to discuss the issue of struggle and suffering. Um, and she would argue and say, yeah, you know, you know, artists must struggle to get their art out and the struggle is part of the, the create, no, it's, it, it sharpens the, the, the hunger and it sharpens the creative juices and, you know, uh, but she says there's certain, there's certain, um, there's certain kinds of pain and struggle which are destructive, which are unnecessary and which do not Shape you in a way that makes you better. These, these, you know, as a psychologist, you know, Which we recognize. Which are those kind of struggles? Well, they, you know, they, they. If you have an abusive parent, if you, if you are bullied or whatever, something happens to you. Something they happens make a to huge you. Mark yeah, make, psychologically. Yeah, psychologically. Which yeah, you so are. you become insecure. Yeah. Whatever. She said, you know, you can't just make a, a, a statement like that. That you know, struggle is a good thing, and and you know, um, disadvantage, being disadvantaged, is is actually good for the character. That's a very British thing, you know. Mm. You know, oh, you are, you overcome your disadvantages. <laughs> you know, carry on, stiff upper lip, and all that stuff. <laughs> So, so it's a different culture. Yeah, you know, it is. So, uh, wow, anyway, what's a different culture? So I, I was, I always, I, I would always choke up in a movie when I was eighteen or nineteen when there was a father-son moment. Mm. Uh, it would get to me, and I never knew what it was. Mm. I, I was absolutely, I had no, 
armor. I was, I was just, I was just, um, I was just jelly in in those moments. I couldn't. And when they fought, and when I saw them not getting on, or or even or even when they discovered each other again in 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 a movie or, or a TV series, yeah. you know, it would have a profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it it was just a very very. I mean, I, Jesse made a speech uh, on the opening of the of the Monte Casino. We had a special dinner. Um, and he just made an he, he made an impromptu, impromptu speech to me, and and in that moment I became a father. It was an, an amazing moment for what me. What was it? What did he say? He said the most amazing things about how he grew up and how he saw me and the impact I had, um, and how fortunate he was to have been born uh, at the time that he was, you know, in the family that he was, and. Having, having, you know, me as a, as a, as a kind of a chaperone, you know, um, uh, I, I, it was just a very, it was unrehearsed, uh, and it was actually not required, and he, he just did it, and uh, I had all my buddies were around, you know, tables, we, we sold tables, and it was just for me. Uh, was he just holding up a mirror? I, I, you know, for I you just, to just acknowledge because yeah, after the book, yeah, parenting, yeah, and here he is yeah, standing up yeah, and he's telling you yeah. what a parent so it was you just are. A, wow, it was just a wonderful moment. So, mm. uh, fathers and sons, uh, I've, I've written about it in, in, in songs, and it's uh, it's um, an important part of my autobiography, which I'm busy writing at the moment. Um, and in a in a very important respect, when I was 15, the Zulu male warrior culture. Uh, was a very important um, stabilizing influence for me as mm. a male, mm. as a young man. Mm. Yeah, young boys of sixteen are, are, are you know, they've got all these. Because you need a mentor. You absolutely. need that, yeah, that you father, need that, that yeah. male figure yeah. in your life. So I, I joined a gang. Yeah, I joined a gang of Zulu war dancers. Yeah. You know, I, wow. I was I was part of that, and uh, it was a in fantastic. The hostels. Yes. I mean, wow. Yeah. So it was a, a fantastic uh, experience for me, and they and they they said things about. They knew things about masculinity. They knew things about being a man. Mm. They knew how men overcome, um, you know, uh, obstacles and, 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 and ad- adversities. So, and this was in their proverbs and in their songs and in their, their day. They, I mean, Zulu culture is very funny. It, 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 you know, men banter with each other all the time. It's part of, really? of, part of the warrior thing. You know, yeah. everybody's poking each other in the ribs <laughs> uh, all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Do you uh, think your mom realized that? Johnny? Yes. Uh, I think knew. later on, yes. Because, yeah. I mean, for any Jewish mother yeah, to yeah. let their son go off yeah. to the hostels yes. and, you know what I'm saying? It's darling, it's dangerous, but she knew well, what it was. Well, when I got arrested the first time, she was really upset. Um, okay. Uh, As was, one would be. I was 15. I, I was caught inside where my hostel, uh, which is now the licensing department at the bottom of Rissick Street. And I, um, I was brought back by the police, and they said to her, "Look, you know, we caught your boy inside the hostel dancing with the Zulus, and and uh, it's extremely dangerous. We don't go in there unarmed, 
uh, you know, there's uh, 1,500 uh, men from different tribal areas. They fight. Uh, there's stolen goods and property in there. And, you know, we have to raid the hostels all the time and guns and weapons. You know, the Zulus are warriors. And, they, you know, and there he is. He's dancing there and he doesn't, <laughs> you know, this is not good. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but I mean, it yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. And my mother said, what are you doing? You told me. Now, I was dancing. In, uh, 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 with another team um, in Hilbra at, at the South African Medical uh, Research Institute, um, and they had a compound where their workers were, and they all happened to be Zulus from a particular area, uh, from Imabomvini in Msinga in Natal. And um, Charlie, was the, my guitarist, who taught me for he was yes. from there, and he introduced me to them. Mm. So my mother used to think when I went dancing, oh, he's going to Hilbra. Uh, and then Charlie t- took me to where my hostel because yeah. we had a, a competition to dance against another team, and pff, we, you know, we uh, we got in. I got into the hostel, and we we danced, and it was a it was pandemonium when I danced. The whole hostel was an uproar. You know, they, you, I, I, I mean, I'm just imagining this white yeah, kid. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> It was uh, unbelievable for the Zulus just couldn't believe that uh, I was, you know, part of the team. I knew uh, all, you know, you had to rehearse. The choreography was about 40 or 50 kicks and stamps in certain, in a certain pattern. You do them, you come out, you do them again, you come out and they're all different and you all, it's, 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 uh, it's, you memorize it. Uh, like any dance choreography. So, anyway, um, so my mom said, "Listen, you know, they, this has got to stop. You can't do this, you know." And and they said, "Well, listen, when he gets older, he's going to be put in jail because he's breaking the Group yeah. Areas Act and right. the Separate Amenities Act and all this stuff." So she said, "Please, uh, you know, you, you've got to stop this." So I said, "You know what? I'm going to bring the dance leader to see you." And uh, this was another style of dancing that we were doing, which Sipa had introduced me, my partner Sipa Mkunu from Chiluka. Mm-hmm. He had introduced me to this team, and uh, he was dancing there. So I decided to join the team. It was a different style to the one I did in Hillbrow. And, uh, you know, uh, I enjoyed it. And um, the dance leader said, fine. But um, when I was arrested, I was arrested with, with, with him, uh, with his team. And... These were municipal hostels, so they were run by the municipality, and they had municipal guards at the gate. Mm. We called them blackjacks. They had a black uniform. Yeah. And they were supposed to stop women and anybody from another race going into a male-only hostel. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is that the dance team would come out through the gate singing, all of them, Um because they were, teams would dance outside mm-hmm. as well. There, were, there wasn't enough room in the hostels for all the dance teams. Every weekend, you had 40 or 50 dance teams, wow. some inside, some outside, different styles. I mean, it was an amazing place to go. And um, they, so they would come out through the gate and they would pretend that they're coming out to dance. I would be waiting outside the gate. They would put me inside the middle of them and, and then they would sing out. me back in <laughs> as if they were coming in oh, that's again. Fantastic. And then I'd go into the room uh-huh. and then we'd dance. <laughs> And then uh, on a particular day, the, the hostel was raided, and, and that's where I was arrested. Okay. And so, so Richard Zwane was the dance leader, and I asked him to come and speak to my mom, and he arrived. And he could speak a little bit of English. Um, Gee, he, he was the to, chauffeur. He went to speak to your mom. Yeah, he was the yeah. chauffeur for the, 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 the CEO of Metalbox. Yeah. So he had quite a, uh, he was quite, you know, he he was quite a, a sprightly 68-year-old. He was very short, <laughs> uh, 
And, um, <laughs> but he was a very commanding guy. And he spoke to my mom and he said, I want to tell you something. Your, nothing will happen to your son in the hostel. And you must understand. He said, I'm very famous. So my mom said, why? He said, because I'm the only one in South Africa that has a white boy dancing in his team. <laughs> he said, How, you know, why would I not protect that? You know what I mean? So, so she laughed and, and she said, she actually That's said, you know, I actually like him. You know, I like him. I, it's it's cool. You can go as long as he's there. I, it's fine. That was okay. That was it. Your so, mother was cool, though, John. She was a cool I mean, mom. She was. My mom was. She, she was. was extra cool, and she was also somebody. To the end of her days, she was a seeker. She was looking for her truth, the truth of her purpose, the truth of her journey, the truth of um, the, the things that she. Uh, and the choices that she made in her life uh, and the consequences of those. She was constantly struggling to, you know, to, to, to comprehend and understand them and put them in their place mm. where they belonged because often we make choices uh, which uh, upset the boat and um, we often exaggerate their impact uh, and, and we carry those scars and those burdens unnecessarily. Mm. So... Uh, and she was immensely articulate, great speaker, very uh, read a book a week, you know, mm. cover to cover, poetry, nothing. You know, she just get through everything. Um, I see where you got and it she had all a great, from. She had a great I see where of, you got it all from. Okay. I mean, it kind of, kind of sounds like you're describing yourself, the seeker, the meaning. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we, we are shaped by our creative, parents. Yeah, we shape by. We are shaped. We shape by, you know, I, the thing about. About what she, how she was, is she responded to the world in a very organic way. You know, she she met my 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 father, my biological father, and what was it that captivated her? There were three things. Mm -hmm. He loved poetry. Mm -hmm. She met her. She met him on a bus, a tourist bus, going to um, Great Zimbabwe to see the the, the, the ruins. Those ruins, yes. And he was on the bus. And the thing that struck her is that he helped the elderly off the bus, and it was genuine. Mm. It struck her. Mm. He was a caring person. Uh, and and the third thing was that he was a dog whisperer. All the dogs really? followed him. Everywhere, he would walk three miles to to come to her place to visit her from the from the RAF uh, the Air Force camp, and there would be like six or seven dogs just following him. him. Yeah, and and she and she'd say, Wh "Whose dogs are these?" And she, he'd say, "I don't know, but dogs just love me. They follow me, and I talk to them, and we pat them, and he, and and they, and they would sit there, pant, and then they, and then he would go in and have you know a visit for tea. You know, it was a very very formal courtship period. This is mm -hmm. we're talking 1950s. Yeah. You sat carefully, and yes. you know, you, you you you. It was a very formal courtship situation, and then he would say, "Okay, I'm taking, I'm going back," and the dogs would be outside waiting, and then they'd follow him, and then the next day would be different dogs. <laughs> so she just found that very very beautiful. She mm -hmm. found that. Uh, um, unusual and mm. putting together all the other things. And then she said to me, we were sitting in a movie house watching a movie in Guelo and a person in front of us had an epileptic fit. And Dennis, he just sprang into action. You know, he, 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 he 
got the person down, uh, put something in their mouth. He knew exactly what to do, and he did it calmly. And he was in control, and she just found that attractive. She found that a... But these are amazing yeah, qualities, yeah, John. He was they a, are he was a great magnificent guy. qualities. No, yeah. And wow. so that, you know, uh, she... It didn't matter that he, you know, that he wasn't Jewish or that, or that he came from England or that whatever, you know. Um, and it was just like a passing moment in, in a relationship. She, she fell in love with him and, and that was it, you know. And, uh, the same thing with my stepfather, you know, it's similar. My stepfather used to make her laugh, you know, cause she loved laughing. She loved jokes and she loved, she loved uh, weird takes on the universe, you know, and, and so, all of those things were part of my, uh, I suppose, the, the atmosphere which yeah, I grew up in, and very much and so. they fought. I mean, they were also uh, they were wild fights. Uh, my mom was a very yeah, but there uh, lessons in that. Yeah, uh, huge. Okay. You know, I mean, um, our wall welcomed crockery. <laughs> Every okay. two or three weeks. All right. A passionate okay. a fighter. A passionate fighter, yeah. passionate fighter. Yes. Listen, we're going to take a break. Yes. We're going to be right back. I'm, I'm so loving listening to this part of your life because I've heard so many of the other stories. Yes. And I'm loving this, Johnny. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Okay. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Thank you for staying tuned. This is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And our guest this afternoon is Johnny Clegg. And Johnny, as I said just before the break, going on this journey with you, I feel like I've been by your side going back to when your mother first fell in love with your father and the journey that then followed. You are a wonderful, wonderful storyteller. But I'm going to have to take you all the way back because we've gone off. And my memory is not very good. It's not good. But there's one tangent I am aware we went off on. And that was Jesse and you singing. Yes. So so, so you had decided there would no be singing together. I said fine. Yeah. But then there was. Uh, but what happened is, uh, you know, I contracted um, pancreatic cancer in, in um, well, it was diagnosed. I obviously had it long before uh, in, in 2015. And it was a big shock for me. It was a left turn in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a big shock for for Jesse and, and my family. Um, I went, I had a, a massive operation. Uh, half my insides were taken out and reconfigured, and and then I went on uh, six weeks of sorry six months of chemo. Sure. And I I brought my tumor count down, and then I went on tour, with, mm-hmm. and um, I went to America. Were you in remission? I was uh, yeah in in, in a remission, in, in a remission yeah. period, and I went I went on I went on tour in in May 2016, and I took Jesse with me because he wanted to look after me. Uh, and and he was amazing. We had a, the most amazing father-son road mm. trip. And um, I came back, and uh, it, it was a little bit of a of an increase in in my in my count. And uh, and and my oncologist said, "Look, you know, it doesn't matter if it goes up gradually. We have no problem. It's fine. It does that, and it comes down again. And it mm. goes up again. Yeah, it's just. Uh, uh, he says, but if it doubles, we have a problem." And I came back, and I I'd left, and I was, I was my count was forty two, and, and when I came, it was sixty seven, and then I, you know, every month I go for blood tests, and then um, it jumped to one hundred and thirty. He says oh. doubled. He says we've got a problem. Sure. 
I went in for MRI and they found the lymph nodes which had been infected and then I had to go on a very extreme course of chemo, which I came off in February this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to my management, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to get better again uh, at some point. And, you know, I've, 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 I've been through the dip and up again and the dip and up again and I don't know when I'm going to dip again and maybe the dip will be a long, a long one. You know, you never know with this stuff. So I'd like to do a farewell tour. I'd like to, while I'm fit and healthy and, you know, got my compass mentis, you know. I'm, uh, That's a huge thing to say I want to do a farewell tour. Yes. That's huge. Did it just come to you gradually over time or did you just wake up and go, I'm comfortable with this? I said we we discussed it. Uh, uh, you know, I said you know I I actually don't know really what my future holds. Mm. Um, you know, and and this uh, I've had one period of remission which was an illusion. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm now fully in remission again, and mm-hmm. I don't know you know whether that's going to be an illusion. Right. Uh, so let's you know let me let me let me you know please God I, I'll be able to uh, hold it off and. Uh, we know that there's all sorts of new cancer therapies, yeah. immunotherapies and stuff that are coming along. And who knows, you know, with, with medical science, you know, maybe in, in, if I can hang out for another three to five years, something will happen and we'll be able to deal with it. But I can't, I can't you know, pretend that this has not happened. No. So I'd, I'd rather just, you know, so I'm, I'm writing my book. I've done a new album and this. This tour. So I, I've put out into the universe. This is my last really big blast mm. of creative, you know, mm. multi-layered creative uh, effort. And we, uh, in March, we sat down and we said, right, we're doing it. And then um, he said, well, you know, are you prepared to go public? I said, yes. And that's it. And the outpouring once you've, you had gone public? Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. Uh, but I must say that my family and, my, you know, my friends were really important in, in, in that first year it was very tough Um, and you know uh, it's a very strange thing because in one way it's a very personal journey you know you have to deal with your own condition Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. Um, and on the other hand you know it's 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 also part of the of 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 the community and it's part of 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 a a wider a wider social framework that you live in Mm. because people have grown up with you yes they've grown up with you seeing you grow up and you've been a part of people's worlds you know i mean i talk to people about johnny clegg you you've been with me johnny in my times as a teenager (laughs) when i was crying when i was when i was happy so we're we're connected and you may not even know it but you know it's yes exactly there is which must be hard when when it's something so look this is a very bittersweet thing for me um i've also had to divide it up because i don't want to i don't want to antagonize my body too much yeah and put it under too much stress so i've i've had to make it into legs uh so i've you know i'm I'm doing the american canadian leg in october uh, with a little with a little um scattering of, of of holland and amsterdam and then i come back and then uh i do port elizabeth in january and then uh, March, April, May will be the European tour and back and then uh, Australia and New Zealand. And that's it. I'll wrap up uh, and sure. I'm done. You've got tremendous yeah. energy. Watching you, that final tour, I sat third row from the front. It was the greatest gift I gave to myself and to my husband. And I had tears in my eyes the whole way because of the journey that you took us on. And seeing, yes, seeing you, only because I had interviewed Jesse, and I remember that so yeah, clearly, and yeah. seeing you on stage with Jesse, and what a magnificent song. And more people have to listen to that song, John. Yeah, well, you know, I said to oh, him, I said, Jess, you know, this is, 
is this is my last one. Uh, we've written that song. Yeah. Yeah. We wrote the song in the studio on my phone, you know, and, and I said, let's play it. And, and, so this and is released next week, right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, it's released next week. Yeah. And I also just want to say that there is one more final show in South Africa. Yes. At the Dome on the 11th of November. That's right. And it's a collaboration, a whole lot of South African artists yes. who want to be singing with Johnny Clegg. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, uh, mm. It's going to be the show that we put on at, at, the, at, at the Monte Casino. It's exactly the same show. Right. But extended because okay. – um, from Shakina to DJ Kent to Karen Zoid, Prime Circle, mm. uh, it's such a broad spectrum of, of of people want to come and just hang out and do something, you know, mm. with 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 me or with Jesse and me or you know. Mm. So it's 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 a uh, that's uh it's going to be a really stand up. A wonderful show. Oh, Johnny, uh, I'm going to have to make it. I thought the other one was the last one. I'll splurge on those brilliant seats. Now I'm coming to this one as well. We have run out of time, Johnny Clegg. What an extraordinary hour it has been. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you for taking us into a part of your life that I hadn't visited before. Thank you for your beautiful music, for the stories, for everything. You have touched us so very, very, very deeply. And we love you very, very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were as moved as I was during this show. As I said, this is my Everest. I don't know where I'm going to from here. For me, Nikki (laughs) Severini, until next week. Goodbye. (laughs)